Hey guys, Adam Menner here from the Business of Strength. Today I have an awesome guest. Today I have Damian Lillard's personal trainer from a business side and also from a skill training side. And so his name is Phil Beckner. Phil Beckner is one of the best high performance coaches in the world. He works with everybody from, you know, Damian Lillard to high uh, executives and CEOs in the business world. And we talk a lot about how he made the transition from being a head coach at Weber State to his own business and the same things that we experience on the gym floor, right? I'm a coach. I want to be the best, but I got to get out of the business and I have to work on my business and how do I make this a real thing? And so we deep dive into that leadership tactics. We talk about personal development, character development, and it's just packed with gym, uh, all types of information here. And so we're super excited guys. I'm pumped for this being a basketball fan. And I know you guys will take away a lot. So without further ado, let's get right to the episode. going on like i said we have an awesome guest for you today from the business of strength podcast his name is phil beckner phil how you doing i'm good how are you excited to be here yeah awesome so guys who if you don't know you know phil made the transition from coaching in the world of basketball and then all the way into high performance and business consulting which is kind of what we talk a lot about here at the business of strength phil you know going from that coach where you know, you're working so hard, you're working in your business, if you will, to actually, you know, escaping and working on your business. And so, you know, what was that transition like? Or did you have a moment where you were kind of like, all right, I need to stop working 100 hour work weeks and kind of transition a little bit? Yeah, that uh, that's a phenomenal question to start this because it is probably the hardest thing I had to figure out as a, you know, as a business owner, because like you said, you know, I coached division one college basketball for about 10 years, um, for the last five years, you know, I've, I've trained NBA guys privately and then worked with different teams and organizations consulting wise, but, um, man, it was, it was so hard. You know, you, you, as a coach, you tell guys all the time, they got to be working on themselves, working on themselves. But then when you start running your own business, it's just crazy how many little things you, you allow to take up your time day after day after day. And I, I think I finally, about a year and a half into it, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so it took me a while, but about a year and a half into it, I, you know, I finally said, it's like, hey, if I don't start working on myself more and on the business more, this isn't going to sustain or this isn't going to grow just like any athlete or just like any entrepreneur, like you got to come to that, you know, realization. And um, so it probably took me, you know, a good 18 months or so. And what, once I did, uh, you know, things started to become a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because, Obviously, you've had a lot of success in basketball, all the way from Weber State, kind of making your way up. And, you know, there's a lot of parallels. That's obviously why I wanted to have you on, because it's like as a performance coach or a head basketball coach, you're like, I want to be the best. You know what I mean? Like, I want to win championships or I want to be the best coach, train the best athletes and, and be known for that. But that journey is so taxing on yourself in terms of what it's actually required and so, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about here also is how that impacts, you know, your family and your friends and those around you. And so, you know, did you have those conversations with them being like, you know what, like, I'm going to make this transition for lack of better words. It's like the coach on the floor of me has got to die. And now this new person's almost got to be reborn, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that that's so much of uh, my story. What you just said, I, uh, the reason why I left college basketball and I share this at a lot of our coaching clinics when people come out to Phoenix, but, um, 
I, I, I really, I didn't feel well mentally, physically, spiritually. You know, I tell people all the time when, when I left coaching, um, I was 35 years old. I was associate head coach and I weighed 158 pounds. Like I just let it yeah. eat me alive. So part of it, you know, I thought like, oh, I'll go to the NBA and not have to worry about recruiting or, oh, I'll go run my own business. And, and just like, you know, any leader in any area, like if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of others. And so one of the biggest, you know, points I hit on whether it's, uh, you know, CEOs of a multi-million dollar company or, you know, a different team I might be talking to or a high performing athlete, the, the number one step to our game plan is you got to lead yourself well. And if you're not leading yourself well, and what, what I found and probably what a lot of other business owners find as well, if you're not leading yourself well, nothing else is going to work after that. I don't care how good your employees are. I don't care how good your family is, how much support you have. You have to be taking care of yourself. Definitely. And I, at least for me, you know, I'm speaking to myself and I'm sure you experienced it too, but look, there's this sense of ego as well, you know, when you're this coach, especially like you in terms of like coaching high level players and you're like, okay, like I'm the man, I'm doing this, but at what expense, you know, yeah. for me, it was the same thing where I'm coaching these players, I'm down on the floor there, I'm, you know, I'm training and I look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just did 50 hours again this week and like nothing really changed except for maybe that one particular skill set. And so, you know, I always tell coaches and I'm sure you see it in all the you know seminars that you guys run is, you know, that ego side of you has to die for you to be successful. Yeah. What uh, what do you see? Like you've worked with all these business owners now, if you don't mind me asking you yeah, a question. What, what do you see more on the business side? Not only ego, what, what, what else has to die? Like, what advice would you give me? But like, you're looking at people and saying, Hey, they're, they're still struggling with this. Like what, what else do they have to surrender or give up? Yeah. I think, I think it's ownership of certain roles in the business as mm -hmm. well. Right. So it's like, like just drawing parallels. If you're the head coach, it's like you guys run the offense through me and this is our defensive strategy and this is our film strategy and this is this. And the guys are like, Hey man, like you're giving me no autonomy or ownership. Yeah. And in the training business, same thing with us, where it's like, I do all the programming and the marketing and the sales. And I do this because you're not as good as me. And in reality, it's like, if my head is split across, you know, five different departments, I'm probably giving 15, 20% of each versus like, no, I just need to focus on this and then allow others to elevate. And that's really hard to let go for some reason in our industry as well. I mean, you see it with like skill trainers and then with performance coaches, it's like, they think like they're, they're, they're the best, you know, in the world. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think um, to piggyback off that a little bit, um, like you say, you know, not only delegating or giving people ownership of stuff, but what, uh, what I, re you know, even struggled with is when you are working that many hours or when you are trying to, you know, work through each of these different areas, you feel like you're in control. And whenever yeah, you feel exactly. like you're in control, you feel safer. And that's what, you know, I remember I just talked to a, probably one of the best players in the NBA or one of the better players in the NBA. And, you know, he was talking about, Hey, when I, the harder I work, the more I work, the more confident I get. You can only work so hard though, or your body is just going to die on you. Same thing. If you're a business owner or you're running your own gym, you could only put in so many, what we talk about efficient and effective hours to be successful and any hours past that, I think they're just control hours. You're just trying to act, you know, thinking or acting like you could control the outcome, which ultimately makes you feel safe and secure, but it doesn't always produce the results you want. No, it's true. And you know, you made a good point. Like literally I was just having a conversation with the coaches because I think it's directly tied to outcome, you know, yeah. where it's like, here's a perfect example. Let's say, um, 
you work in the sales department of a business. And it's like, if I sign up five people a day, it's like, I'm the best at this. Like I, I'm good. And I can see my exact reward versus like you said, when you have no control and you're doing more of like leadership and meeting with these, it's not necessarily tangible. You can't define the outcome or same thing with a player. It's like last, last year I averaged 25 a game this year, 30, it must've been the extra 10,000 shots I got up. But in reality, it's like, I, that might not be the case, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, we talk about this all the time. Never. Uh, I think John Wooden said it, but never mistake activity for Great achievement. Quote. Yeah. We say it at the end of our uh, town hall meetings that we always do. It's it's yeah. so true. But yeah. now that you made that transition, and this is a question that I really wanted to ask you is obviously as a coach, you have your philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as like a trainer. It's like, here's my philosophy. I believe in these four tenets. Yeah. How did you take what you were implementing there, you know, as a coach to what you're doing now to be able to consult some of the best NBA players in the world and business owners? Like what were those core tenets and beliefs that you carried with you? Yeah. I, well, I think part of it, the first step, it, it was what you just said. Um, I, I had to work on it. I had to clearly define it because when you're in a sports specific area, you know what you're doing day to day, practice planning, you know, games, competitions, you know, all that stuff, offensive philosophy, defensive philosophy, player development philosophy, they, it, it, it's all, it all goes hand in hand. And what I found and what you probably found and why I was excited to get on this podcast with you is there are a lot of parallels in the coaching and sports world compared to the business world. But then there are some things that like the business world is extremely lacking that the coaching world has and vice versa. And I think, um, so to answer your question, how do I, you know, help these different organizations now or help these different players more as a consultant and not just as a coach? I think um, helping them def uh, develop clarity and define what a win is, is so dang important. So I took my philosophies or I think th things that I believe, you know, help me become successful or help players become successful, but I would try to clearly articulate those and break those down into simple steps or simple progressions that they could use. And like we talk about that you could use at every level. So whether you're a high major coach or a junior high coach, whether you're a entrepreneur just starting out or whether you're a CEO who's done it for 15 years and has made millions of dollars. So we want to have simple progressions and simple, you know, outlines that people could follow to get results. But again, it's based on, I think that kind of cross-referencing parallel coming together of like, Hey, here's what's missing in the coaching world that business people have. And here's what's missing in the business world that coaching people have and trying to find that sweet spot, trying to find that intersection of where you could really help accelerate progress and get people better. For sure. You know, with that, you know, those are high performers. That's your ideal avatar, right? That you, you mm -hmm. like to uh, work with. What would you say is the one characteristic trait? You know, I know it's hard, but like, what's the one characteristic trait based upon what you just said that these guys have, whether you're this high performing CEO or whether you're this high performing athlete, like what's the one thing where you meet him and you're like, oh, that guy has it. Uh, the first thing I'm going to, I'm going to answer. I'm going to give you, you said one, but I'm going to give you two. Okay. I know, and I, I, I hate yeah. when people do that, but like, here's, here's why. Uh, when I first started doing this five years ago, I noticed everyone that I came across who was a hyper and that's funny you say that we call them like the top two percenters the yeah. people like there's a hundred people in the room who are the two best in that room but they're just going to find a way to separate themselves or distinguish themselves the number one thing I saw in all these people was like an unbelievable unrelenting sense of urgency 
And we've all had that as coaches or competitors or entrepreneurs, whatever it may be, that sense of urgency. But as I've done this for like five years now, and I've got around probably even more high performers, you know, more top two percenters. Like, for example, I got to spend a couple years with Mark Laurie, serial entrepreneur, phenomenal, bought the Minnesota Timberwolves. Learned from him a ton. You know, I just spent two years working with um, Doc Rivers in the Philadelphia 76ers and seeing what they both have a great sense of urgency, but I found that so common. Here's what it is now. So like five years ago, I would have said sense of urgency now. And we talk about this all the time as one of our main separators, the best of the best, these high performing people, what they could do and what very, very few others do is they could take a freaking punch. Like they actually, this sounds sick, but they actually like the taste of their own blood sometimes. Like that's how, like they're going to fail. They're going to make the wrong investment. They're going to open the wrong building. They're going to maybe join the wrong team or worked on the wrong skill all off season didn't pay off. But those people who are just the consistent high performers and get it done time and time again, they could freaking take a punch, man. They take a punch and they just get back up and figure it out again and again. No, I mean, that's a great point, you know, even urgency, I know, but like we we call it emotional stability, you know, as a business owner mm-hmm. as well. It's kind of just, you know, if you're, if you're like this, you're like super high, you just got to win. And then one little bad thing happens, you come back down and you're like this, guess what happens to your team? Same thing. Yeah. You know, they're Absolutely. like, what's this guy's deal? <laughs> you know, but the one that you really hit harped on was urgency. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. And like, here's a perfect example of like urgency. And I'm sure you have plenty as well. It's like in our, in our businesses, let's say I'm like, Hey, people are inquiring about training here. Well, we're a private sector gym. You need to get back to them right away with great customer service. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, here's five names. They just inquired, make sure you get back to them in the next 10 minutes. We got to get them going. Then I leave them with that task. I come back at the end of the day. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm just using you as an example, but like, Hey, Phil, did you get back to those five people? And you're like, Oh, I, uh, sorry. You know, I just grabbed the lunch and then uh, I had to come back in and you're like, Hey man, that would have taken you 10, 15 minutes. And that's five more people that we could have gotten, you know, to train at the gym, but that sense of urgency in every single task and every single endeavor, you know, compound over time really surmounts to something because of course you're going to fail. But that urgent, you know, it's good to hear you say that because a lot of guys say kind of like out there things, but urgency is, I think, is the king of of momentum. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and moving on to urgent, one of the things, if you guys do not know that Phil works with, you know, one of the best players uh, in the NBA right now, and this dates back to Weber State. But the real question that I want to ask you in regards to Damian Lillard is, you know, what was his mindset and why is he different? We know it. We see it a little bit. But behind the curtain, what was like, oh, yeah, this this young man's got it. Yeah. Um, well, first, what makes him so different right now, <clears throat> just how we talked about urgency is so important or being able to take a punch is so important. His level of self-belief is like any other human I've been around. And I've been around Hall of Famers in basketball, baseball guys, football guys, all these top athletes. His level of self-belief is off the charts. So uh, people always ask like what you just did. And I think this is cool. And, and, and I don't always get to tell these stories or get to, you know, talk about the different steps it took because when he showed up to Weber state, we saw talent and we saw ability, but we didn't see that next level mindset or we didn't see always um, that killer instinct that we wanted or the work ethic that would allow him to have the self-belief he did. 
So when I, when I, especially when I work with younger players now or younger individuals, I think what happens, you, you look at this and you're like, so if, on a scale of one to 10, if you say we're just talking self-belief with Dame, what makes him so special, he's a 10 out of 10. And if I asked you, um, let's say, Adam, what, what are you? Give me on a scale of one to 10, where's your self-belief? Just give me a random answer. Yeah, six. Perfect. He's at six. So nine times out of 10, you ask a business owner, you ask a player, uh, where do you got to get to? Their answer nine times out of 10 is like, I got to go from six to a 10. That's wrong. And that's where we've changed our approach. And that's what makes Dame so freaking special when you look at him throughout his career. He, 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 says, he says this all the time. He's like, one thing I'm not going to do is skip steps. I'm not going to skip steps in my development. I'm not going to skip, uh, skip steps in the offseason. I'm just not going to skip them. So when he was a freshman, he went from a six to a seven. When he was a junior, maybe he went from a seven to an eight. When he was a rookie, now it kind of resets in the NBA. Oh, yeah. But what what he did, um, way different than most players or most high performers I've been around, he, he took the right steps and the right progression of a linear development plan and continued to grow his work ethic, his mindset, and his character. I'm going to say those three things again because it's so important. Jeez. He grew his work ethic. He grew his mindset and he grew his character. And when you grow those, your self-belief naturally grows. Uh, we worked out, it's kind of a cool story. People didn't even know we did it. We started this camp the last two years, Formula Zero. We invite 20 high school kids out, 20 college kids. Phenomenal elite camp. Everyone knows about that. After year one of doing it, we had so many NBA players who wanted to come and be part of the camp and just learn what we're teaching and what we're doing and what makes Dane tick and meet with the character coach we brought in and meet with the mindset coach we brought in. We had so many NBA guys. This year we said, screw it, let's have our own NBA pro camp. And the coolest thing, we had like 18 NBA guys who came out here and trained with Dame and I for two and a half days in Phoenix. Wow. But the coolest thing when they were asking him, because, you know, they, they all say, hey, it's Lillard time. It's Dame time. He hits all these game winners. They're like, where do you get that self-belief from? And he kept it really simple. And he just goes, I know I have not cheated the work. I know I haven't cheated the process. I know I didn't skip steps. So when I look at my opponent or when I look at the competition, I know they haven't put in what I have because I'm authentic with my work. I'm authentic with my character and I am who I am. And like, when you look at that, I mean, Adam, you could take that to any business owner. You could take that to any high performance coach and be like, is our work authentic? Is our commitment level consistent? Are we skipping steps? And instead of just like you said, man, I think I'm a six. I got to get to a 10. Hey, let's just go from a six to a seven right now. And then we'll go from a seven to an eight. And that's the one thing Dame's done. He's been patient with the process. He sticks with it. And before you know it, he's better than you think he is. And I'm talking mindset wise, because he eventually gets himself to a 10. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, we just, speaking of Phoenix, I wish I knew you guys were in Phoenix because we were just hosted our uh, two day business of strength retreat there. Would have had you bop in really quickly. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so we had 50 gym owners from all over the world fly out. And, you know, it's very intensive uh, because there are people who are part of the group and it's like we're giving presentations and seminars and all this stuff, like real tangible things. It'd be like, hey, Phil, yeah. here's how you do your marketing, blah, blah, blah. And it's really, really cool. But what always, always ends up happening is that it goes from like, hey, this is going to be very strategic to belief systems. Yeah. And, you know, you have we have gyms that will stand up in front of the room and we'll be like, hey, like 
last year, you know, I did X amount of revenue this year, I doubled it. And it's like, what changed? And it wasn't like, Hey, this marketing pipeline we put together was awesome. Yeah. It was literally like, Hey, last year, I believe that I was only worthy of making X. And that was the work that was associated with that belief system. And then like what changed was exactly what you said was, Hey, I believe that we were worthy of having a million dollar gym. Mm. And it was That's like, awesome. so and so now they were like, I started doing the work that would be associated with somebody who was doing a million dollar gym, just like Damian Lillard, where it was like, all right, so what does that work look like? It's not like this huge whiteboard and this esoteric thing and you're mapping it out. It was like, wake up at the same time every day, yeah. do your marketing, do your sales, lead your team, collect the results, don't miss meetings, like the little, little things that people are like, oh, like, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I want to hit this giant home run. And it's so funny because we have all the answers. We just have to outwork our self-doubt, you know, and that's exactly what you said is just like raising that belief system about yourself. So that's but Adam, it, it, you combined that and you said this earlier. So exactly what you just said. And I think this is what a lot of people miss. And I hope people listening to this who are maybe starting out as business owners or gym owners or trainers, whatever. I, I hope they don't miss this because I wish someone would have told me this my first year or two. Do what you just said, and you said this earlier, the compound effect of that adding up is damn near miraculous sometimes oh, of yeah. what it could do, just day after day after day. And I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I share this with everyone I work with now. I'm going to go see him in November, actually. Nice. But uh, And again, I didn't hear this the first year, so I'm glad. Like What you just said, I got goosebumps a second ago. Like I'm like, yes. Uh, my trainer, I go train with the guy every morning. I'm like, what? I'm like, Chuck, what are you doing this week? He's like, you know what I do every week? I just block and tackle, baby. Just blocking and yeah, tackle. Yeah, like, yeah. he's a football guy. Like, yeah. but what you said earlier is what people miss. If you stick with it consistently, the compound effect of it adding up is tremendous. And Tony Robbins, I wish I would have heard this. He said, as human beings, we overestimate what we could do in one year. And we underestimate what we could do in three to five years. Oh, and that God. has been my story. I'm like, I need to do this, do this, do this in year one. And I probably overestimated and tried to work too hard and do way too much. And if you would have told me, Phil, this is where you're going to be in year five. I'm like, you're crazy. There's no way I could do all that or get all that done. And But that's it, it's exactly, I think, which we call the formula, you know, but the formula that you said, do those, those little things over time. It's not a big complex plan. It's actually simple, but it's very hard to do. And then let the compound effect of that add up and you're going to, you're going to experience great results. No, it's so true. And you, and another thing you touched upon was the efficiency side where like, it's not hitting home runs every day, you yeah. know, where it's like, okay, another 18 hour day. This was crazy. It's more like, no, like what are the things that you need to do every single day? It might be an hour of work or five hours of work, but it's like, if you do them seven days a week, you know, that's almost 35 hours. Just if you use the five example, five hours, 35 hours of real intentional work every single month. I'm sure just using Damien Lowe, cause he's top of mind. He's not in the gym 10, 15 hours a day. No question. Yeah. You know, but he's in there working on the things that matter and putting in that efficient work. And so that's another thing too, to just bring clarity, I think is like, people think like, all right, I need to have, I need to write that one marketing campaign that's going to generate me hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's like, no, 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 you need a marketing calendar 365 
every single year in just yeah. little things, you know? And so it's cool to hear that, especially the highest performing people. Cause I think people who are still in that process of getting there, as you see, I'm sure way more than us is like, they're just looking for that magic pill. And it's like, you have the answers. Absolutely. You just got to use them. No for question. Sure. So kind of off the heels of what we just said, you know, with what you're working, and what you're doing, you know, what do you do in terms of, you know, value and service do you offer to a lot of these high performing athletes and these business owners? You know, I'm just personally curious, you know, curious myself in terms of, you know, what does that look like? Like, how is your business structured and, and you know, how do you help those people? Before I get into how it's structured, I think, um, and I don't want to be, I'm not on my soapbox here. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect by any means. Um, I got a lot of learning, a lot of growing to do, but the two things we want to give every client that we're not going to fail at that we refuse and this kind of helps structure everything is we want to give them the truth and we want to hold them accountable. I think those two things are separators. And now in our society, we know how soft it's gotten. We know how politically correct you got to be about everything. And then also, as um, as you know, and you've worked with you know a lot of high performing or famous type people or status type people, like they're still people. They still want to be challenged. They still want to be poured into. And there's so many individuals or consultants or trainers or coaches out there who are afraid to approach these guys the right way, whether it's an NBA client, or like I said, maybe it's a, a head football coach of a power five program that we've worked with, but the things we're going to give them, number one is truth. And number two is accountability. Yeah. Because w- w- without those, I don't care what plan you put in place. I don't care what structure you have. And, you know, we could talk consistency and all this, stuff, but without truth, and without accountability, I don't think things are going to head in a very good direction. No, I mean, it's so true. Like, and that's why, especially in business, just leading with the numbers, you know, we joke around here, but it's like facts, not feelings. You mm. know, like, I feel like the business is doing really well. It's like, well, let's see your P&L. Thank you. <laughs> you know, yes. and people are thank like, you. Adam, yes, thank you. And people are like, oh my gosh. All right. Uh, and then they show it and they're like, okay, so you said this, but this is this. You said that this is this. And now we're going to hold you accountable. And it's people, you know, and people don't want to do that. You know, people don't want to put themselves to the fire. And so that's, that's a great point. You know, that's one of the things that we talk about at our seminars when we do like our, we call them our executive days. So like when we really go deep into the business, it's like, Hey, like we would love for you to come, but we want you to know, like, we're going to go step-by-step through your business and everything you're telling us can't be a lie because we're going to find it. That's where (laughs) growth happens. You know, it's like sitting down with a player. It's like, Hey man, like you're a terrible ball handler and passer. Like, what are you talking about? I'm, you know, I'm one of the best in the world. And you're like, here's the film. And like, Oh, you know, no question. I I, I think, and it kind of leads to the second part of my, you know, my answer, but if you are going to have those things, which obviously you guys do, and you do an extremely high level, But if you're going to have those things, truth and accountability, now you have to have, like I said earlier, a structure or a plan or a progression to teach them um, to give like I I hate going to which, you know, you talked about um, your, you know, your workshop in Phoenix. Like I hate going to workshops where it's all just philosophy. And that's happening so much at basketball clinics now. Everyone just wants to talk culture and relationships and no one wants to talk about the X's and O's or the strategies or the real concepts or what what's really going on. So what we've tried to do when we work with groups or organizations, 
whether we're going to make the individual better or whether we're trying to make the team or business better, we want systems and strategies in place that will work. Because too many times, like, you know, I've done a bunch of public speaking lately, and I used to always remember going and seeing a great public speaker or this phenomenal author, and he gives this great speech, and I'm like ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. I'm ready to ru run out there. And like, I get home and I wake up the next day and I'm like, well, what do I do now? Right. Well, well, well he didn't give me any steps to take. So we, we come up with almost, for lack of a better term, just simple curriculums or plans or, you know, with systems and strategies that they could take away and follow and use to either make themselves better or make their group better. And so that's the core of it. I would say truth and accountability. That's what we're going to start with. And then whether it's our game plan, our separators, our guardrails that we put in place for individuals, for businesses, for players, um, whether it's the individual, we call it the path that you need to work on a lot of self-realization, self-actualization, really working on yourself. We're going to have those in place. So there's measurables, there's uh, steps, there's progressions. And like I said, systems and strategies that you could use long after we're not in front of you. Yeah, it's it's you need something that's tangible. I think too sometimes like as business owners, I mean you hit it on the head. We're just very like ideological, you know, and like it's like we could do this, we could change the world. And it's like sure, that's great. Not everybody thinks like that, but like from an operation standpoint, what does that look like? You know, it's like we have to do these things on these days, on these times, quantify it. And that's why one of the things that we do as a team here at the gyms is we do a check-in every Friday. And the check-in mm -hmm. is simply a personal win, professional, what you're currently reading. Did you achieve your one thing that you said you're going to get done from last week? And what's your upcoming one thing? And it just yeah. keeps a great cadence of the business where it's like, because everybody wants to say a million things and everybody has a million things to do, right? I could be like, Phil, what's your one thing you need to get done this week? You're like, this week, what about the next two hours? But they're not all of importance. So it was like, hey, I said this was the one big thing I was going to get done. And as long as that's done, I know it's moving the business forward. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember um, I worked for a guy. He, he, it's just so amazing how this stuff, you know, works simplistic. And that's why I think what you just said, what what was it again? Tell me again, personally, professionally, what you're reading and, and did you get your stuff done? Yeah, so my, my partner put it together, Dan, Dan Goodman. And yeah. it's basically a professional win, a personal win, what are you learning? So like, what currently are you learning? Did you get your training in and your health in? And then did you get your one thing done? That's so five step, Yeah, five-step check-in every Friday. And it served us really well. And it, you can predict it because it's like, if someone's not checking in for a couple of weeks, well, guess what? They're going to get a call and be like, hey, what's going on? You know, do you need support? So forth and so on. Yeah, great stuff. No, it's great. So we're going to do a quick rapid sports Q&A here, and then I'd love for you to tell people more about how they can find you and how they can work with you. All right. Okay. But you ready? I'm not good at these, first of all. I was, I, you didn't tell me rapid was coming, but uh, I did That's this. That's the name the, of the uh, game, dude. Come on. I know I'm so bad, but uh, I get, I like getting, I'm, I could speak in front of 10,000 people, go coach, go train. You know, I get these and I sit here and I'm like, become a mental midget. But uh, go, go ahead, throw them at me. All good. Who is the, most athletic athlete you've ever worked with? Oh, man, the most athletic. First one that comes to mind, Prince of Mukamara. I coached him in high school. He played in, the, he played in the NFL. But his speed, his force, his power on the court, on the field was just uh, 
unbelievably remarkable. If I had more time to think about it, I could probably come up with some, you know, a basketball yeah, guy. But it but... came right to mind though. So that means yeah. something, you know. He was he he was special. The smartest business owner you've ever consulted. Mark Laurie, without a doubt. He's uh he I love him. He's half crazy, but uh super, yeah. super smart, sees things and Sam Presti actually and Sam Presti's not a business owner. He would actually be answer number two. You know, he runs the Thunder, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I remember hearing this all the time. It's like the best leaders, the best business owners, they see what others don't see. And Mark Laurie is phenomenal at that. That's great. What about the smartest mentor you've ever worked with? So someone who's helped you kind of develop and get to where you're at. Yeah, with that, I, I mention him all the time. Rod Olson, uh, he's a coach of coaches, former football guy. He The last seven to ten, eight years, I don't know. Super smart, challenges me the right way. Um, dude just gets it. And he, he's probably not for everybody, but he's for me. And super, super smart. And do you guys, um, you know, you still work together? He's helping you right now? Uh, not enough because I got to beg him. He works with uh, <laughs> like Navy SEALs. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like he's, th this guy's so big. I'm going to make him listen to this now so he knows I brag about him. There you go. But he's like a phenomenal coach of coaches and not just sports here. So like, he helps the Navy SEALs who went and fought in battle and they come back and they train the next like wave of Navy SEALs. He coaches those guys on how to coach and train and teach better. Oh, that's like, cool. it, it's a great phrase. Train to the truth. But like he's he's unbelievable. That's awesome. What are you currently reading right now to help yourself level up a little bit? Uh, good question. I actually have a book sitting right here. <laughs> it's almost embarrassing because <laughs> uh, I'm such a fiery passionate guy it's a book yeah. by mark batterson and it's called please sorry thanks about using <laughs> those words more and <laughs> being more nice. compassionate and empathetic um <laughs> yeah i don't like that question because it but I'm, I'm trying to work on a weakness so it's about what, what where how much our words matter and how please sorry and thanks could really just change the trajectory of relationships and communication oh for sure i mean super important last one you know, in your particular sector, let's just say whether it's high performance with athletes or maybe it's the NBA or just in terms of business, where do you see the industry going in the next five to 10 years? Um, I, 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 I only, I'm only going to answer this if you answer it as well, because uh, I, I want to know what you, you seem way smarter than me. And I'd love to hear your answer. I think it's going to continue to get more saturated, unfortunately. And I think the people who are going to excel will have not to make you sound like a genius or me sound like a genius, but are going to have those plans in place that are we call it check the boxes are going to consistently check the boxes day in, day out, yeah. but then also perform their job, perform their job and get results with a high level of authenticity. Like the work is real. The impact is real. Um, because I just think now anyone could buy a microphone, anyone could buy a camera, anyone could write a book. There's all these experts. And if you really look at their resume or their background or the results, they haven't done a lot. And to me, unfortunately, I think over the next 10 years, it's just going to continue to get more saturated. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. You know, in, in our sector for like gyms and sports performance coaches, social media plays such a big role that it actually creates a false narrative of what it really takes to run a training business, right? Yeah. Like, for example, does having half a million followers or one million followers on social media guarantee that you're going to get business? It's like, no, of course not. 
But if you run a training business, two things matter. You have to get clients and keep clients. And mm -hmm. that requires exactly what you said, a lot of work, meaning getting down in the community, providing a great level of service, sending emails to all of our clients. Hey, how can we serve you better? Hosting community events, celebrating our clients, building our coaches to learn how to do the same thing. And that's a lot of the work that a lot of people want to shy away from because they're like, Hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just going to call people out. It's like, Hey, I have half a million followers. I train this guy. I have a speed course Buy my, buy my vertical jump program or my speed course or do this. And it's like, that may work, but you know, there's so many other factors that go into play that made that person successful that maybe you didn't see, or you think that that's all they did. And so now you're this coach over here and you're like, well, I want that, but you're not in the same position, opportunity, maybe luck or whatever the case may be. And so they, they have this false sense of reality of what it takes to be, you know, a real coach mm. on training people. So what you just said, I, I, man, and I know you're going to wrap this up, but what you just said is so powerful. Um, and I needed this today. That was good for me, selfishly, what you just said. But social media, the world of comparison and distraction that we're all living in, creates a false sense of reality. I say that to players all the time. I say that to business owners all the time, football coaches, basketball coaches. It doesn't matter um, what you just we, we got to break that false sense of reality. You are you hit the target on that one. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. So where could people find you, though? You're in Phoenix. What events are you running? What are some things you could like to get involved with? Or like for me, you know, I'm definitely interested in flying out and hanging out with you. So like, where can we find more of you? Yes. Um, I have a Twitter, Phil, at Phil Beckner, a lot of stuff on there. My, my personal Twitter, at Phil Beckner. We also have for the high performance consulting, speaking, uh, at Be Better Be Different on Twitter, at Be Better Be Different on Instagram. And, you know, we do have different workshops, clinics out here. I lead a coach's mentorship group um, that isn't just, basketball specific we do it some basketball stuff but um it's uh you know a lot of leadership a lot of self-growth a lot of development there um i'd love to yeah i'd love to connect with you guys more especially if you do your retreat in phoenix again i hope i could come at least for a day or something that, that would be awesome yeah we'd appreciate it all right phil well thanks so much for your time brother i know you know you provided a ton of value and i know you have a lot going on that's why i wanted people to see a little bit more you know and hear you kind of unfiltered so awesome thanks for having me appreciate you